All right, shall we begin? Nope. Please? Okay. Thank you. <laughs> this is going to be a very silly episode. Between the Maybe. two of you, yeah. We haven't even started. Hi, welcome to episode 11 of My Nerdy Year. I'm your host, Dan Peck. Joining me this week are Mike Urbanski. Hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> and Joel Martelli. I didn't realize that this was the Toy Story episode. <laughs> it's not. It's uh, This is going to be the Halloween episode. Ooh, spooky. Are you scared? I'm terrified. You look at uh, uh, Yeah, so Halloween. Uh, it's probably my favorite holiday. Although, um, I've had a string of bad lucks over, yeah, p- plural lucks, string of bad lucks over the past couple That's of years. That's when it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I got some bad lucks. <laughs> um, it, it seemingly always turns out that um, our group of friends just has awesome costumes and never a good place to go on Halloween. Um, it's kind of tricky in Los Angeles because if you don't go to either the giant west hollywood parade or party or anything like that um it's just impossible to get anywhere and we've just had some bad luck over the years but nevertheless we still enjoy it um we have fun with our bad lucks we do we i mean a good time is always had and sometimes it's the bad lucks that lead to the best stories yeah it's usually just a bunch of ridiculousness yeah that's we excel at ridiculousness um so although it wasn't during 2015 uh one of the best costumes ever um that i've had was part of a group costume with mike and our friend steve and this was in 2008 when we spent four months that's not an exaggeration we figured it out beforehand four months preparing our costumes um it was the year that mike was the joker along with most of north america but mike's costume was particularly standout um i was two-face with full half face burn makeup it was awesome and thank you and steve was the riddler um we spent months going from thrift store to thrift store trying to find pieces of outfits after not finding a purple suit from mike we decided to just buy a white one and dye it purple in our apartment which... and then return all of the materials <laughs> to yeah. the store yeah we well we didn't have any room to store a big metal bucket that we had used so we just washed it out really well and said we're done with this money back please um and i i, I basically got sick from burning uh, a polyester suit jacket very oh, slowly i forgot we did that yeah i was i was standing basically where uh, it, it wasn't even a garage. It was just where the cars are at the, at the apartment. And I would have those stick lighters and I would slowly but surely melt half of the jacket. And by the time Halloween came around, it was so crispy and frail that when I took it off for the night, it all but disintegrated. <laughs> and we'll we'll be sure to put pictures of these costumes up on our Twitter and Instagram so you can see them for yourselves. Um but that was definitely a standout year in terms of costumes. Uh, now, before we were recording, Jill was talking about how Halloween for her tends to be the opposite of that, where it's more like, "Oh, it's October thirtieth. What should I do?" So, why don't you why don't you say about some of your 
Last minute costumes. More like, oh, it's October 31st, 5 o'clock, and someone's having a party at 7. What am I going to do? <laughs> um, very, very last minute Halloween planner. I procrastinate in most everything in life. Uh, and this does not, does not, do not get saved from Halloween. So usually it consists of running around to Salvation Army and <laughs> finding something super last minute or just rummaging through closets in my parents' house and my sister's room um, and finding something that way. Like one year I found everything purple that I could and stuck an eye patch on and I went as a one-eyed purple people eater because who doesn't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) um one year i went to salvation army and found a pair of overalls and a straw hat and cut the bottom of the overalls off and walked around with a budweiser can in my pocket and i was a hick (laughs) (laughs) and another year i went into my sister's closet and took her at the time boyfriend's very large white button down t shirt and went as Tom Cruise in risky business with a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> That's always a good choice. Yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. And, and people always take notice if you walk around a party with no pants on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've done that at on. New Year's parties. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's after, you know, a couple hours of partying. No. Um, I drove there pantless. <laughs> <laughs> did you have your story ready in case the cops pulled you over? Oh, yeah, I did. This is not what of it course. looks like. This is not what it looks like. I swear I'm just going to a party. <laughs> I am not a hooker. Uh, I got arrested. What did you get arrested for? Well, apparently you can't walk around without pants. I blame Tom Cruise. Oh, you got pulled over for, you got a, a DWP, a driving while pantsless? <laughs> yeah. How would the cops Actually, see you without pants on? It's only a law that you have to have shoes and a shirt while driving. Pants, I, pants are not in the question at all. I, I didn't. I wasn't even sure shirt. It. I wasn't even sure shirt was part of the law. I thought it was just shoes. Actually, uh, I always thought it was shirt and shoes. <laughs> a cop will never see it unless you're driving like a jeep with the doors off. Yeah, yeah. or they're you know in a police big rig, which well, is a thing. At that point, I was driving a Volkswagen Beetle, so the doors were pretty high up. (laughs) (laughs) I would be paranoid going down the highway. It's like a cop on his bike looking in just to see if I have pants on. (laughs) I think that's what those roadside uh, speed signs are with, like, tells you how fast you're going. It's really just the camera to see if you have pants on. Yeah, that's true. Or, like, the, um, uh, like, the, what do you call it? The, the toll. Mm-hmm. ones where they have like the cameras up on top yeah that's it's really not to read your like easy pass or whatever it's to see if you have pants on oh easy pass <laughs> easy pants easy pants <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so getting back slightly on track <laughs> um when it comes to over preparation for halloween um i feel like that there have been a few years where I've spent way too much time and effort, but the results have been fantastic, especially the Batman year. Um, another year uh, when Lauren and I, had, early when we had started dating, um, we decided we were going to go as the two main characters from Avatar The Last Airbender, and I have a shaved head, so it makes it really easily. So not only did we make costumes, but we went to Chinatown. We researched, you know, the proper nations and you know nationalities and what kind of martial arts uniforms we should have and we ended up 
putting in hours and hours of work and it was worth it because we went to this big party and uh at the end of the party this guy came up to me he was clearly really drunk maybe maybe even a little maybe he had partied a little too much and he looks me looks at me in my costume he's like ang and then he looks at lauren katara it was like a, it was like a spiritual moment for him it was like we <laughs> left off the tv screen so he could see us but uh yeah, it was. It, it's fun. It's like, I mean, even as it is, it's not even officially summer yet, and I'm already starting to think about what I want to do for this year. <laughs> well, my other really great one last minute was um, I wore all black and painted my face and hands black and went as a shadow. <laughs> and I just stood behind one person the entire party and did exactly what they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It really bugged them. It was great. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it, it's fun because as a as a bald guy, if I ever do find myself in a situation where I don't have a costume, all I have to do is throw on a suit because the suit is the best utility costume for a bald guy because I can be Lex Luthor, I can be Professor X if I'm sitting down, uh, I can be one of the observers from Fringe. It's just, it's great. I, I just take my glasses off and I'm just nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nobody and everybody. And I've used that before also. Yeah. Um, so we're going to... We're going to shift focus just a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about um, a movie that I know Mike loves. Uh, it's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Great movie. It is a great movie. It's so good. We saw it in the theater in 3D. Yeah, several times. Yeah. Like every year. I think I only went with you once. Uh, I feel like we went like three times. Regardless. Uh, so let's. I want to have a debate about this movie. Is okay. The Nightmare Before Christmas a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? Yes. <laughs> See, I was afraid that this was going to be the answer. <laughs> it's it's both. It celebrates both holidays. But if you had to like classify it and be like, I'm going to uh, a Halloween party. Are we going to watch Nightmare Before Christmas or are we going to watch that at a Christmas party? Um, I would say it's closer to a Halloween film. Mainly because you're probably not going to sit down and watch it on Christmas, and there's a million Christmas movies. But, you know, just to, to get with the spirit, since, you know, everyone puts out Christmas stuff, like, after Labor Day now, you might as well just watch it and be like, yeah, it's Halloween, and tomorrow's Christmas. Sure. <laughs> no? Okay. No, I, I agree. I was, you know. I would say it's a Halloween movie. It's never come across as a Christmas movie to me. But there's Santa. No, it's, Santa's in it, but it's, well, yeah, it's, it's like more a, about, about Jack Skellington. It's like a Halloween movie that hijacks Christmas. That's exactly what it is. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, but that's also the answer to your question. It's a Halloween movie that hijacks Christmas. On, on a similar vein, uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? It takes place on Christmas. What would you call well, it a Christmas movie? Well, here's. My answer to that is always when people are like, well, do you consider that? And I said, well, do you consider Batman Returns a Christmas movie? Because a little bit. It's, it's same thing. Yeah. But I also like to watch that around Halloween time as well. Just, I mean, Tim Burton movies, a lot of them have that Halloween macabre feel. And that's all what's of great. them do. <laughs> well, not all of them. I think they all do. I think even even the ones that are more serious, like even like Big Fish still feels like a Halloween <laughs> movie. And I love that movie. I'm not putting that movie down. That movie's so good. It is. Uh, so now I want to shift focus a little bit. Um, the three of us uh, each grew up on the East Coast, and Halloween 
on the East Coast is great because it is a real fall. I mean, most of the country experiences a real fall. I feel like here in California, we haven't in a long time. Um, but one of my favorite things to do were outdoor Halloween activities as a kid, like going to pumpkin patches. We had haunted hayrides. Um, I even was a host for a haunted hayride one year. Um, so I want to you know, see if you guys have any fond memories of those sorts of events. Mike? Well, I, I don't, uh, I mean, I've done some hayrides and, and haunted houses, uh, things like that, but I stopped doing them because I, I have excellent reactions and there were times where people would jump out at me and my reaction is, no, I'm going to hit you before you hit me because I don't want to get murdered. So I... <laughs> I think it's in other people's best interest that I don't go anymore. Like, I wouldn't define myself as a jumpy person. It's just I value my life. And if you're going to scare the ever-loving crap out of me, um, sorry, I just that's how I react. And yet, you and I were part of a situation where we were scaring people um, when we went to Six Flags uh, Fright Fest back in New Jersey. Uh, it was actually on my birthday. Well, yeah. Year. See, the reason we can scare people is because if someone's going to take a swing at me, I know to duck. Well, also, we were kind of sadistic about it because we <laughs> would just secretly run up to groups of teenagers and scream demons at the top of our lungs well, and scare them. <laughs> we were teenagers acting like teenagers, so it was okay. It was it. That was my 20th birthday. I remember specifically. I, I was no longer a teenager. Okay, see, I was still a teenager. <laughs> So it was acceptable for me. All right, you, so it was unacceptable. You were an irresponsible adult. <laughs> and I've proudly kept that up ever since. Uh, Joe, what about you? I scare very easily. I I, I hate being scared. Um, so my reaction in a lot of haunted houses is the same as Mike's. Um, one time we went through a haunted house and I specifically put myself in the middle of this group of girls that I was with because if something was going to jump out, it was going to jump out at someone in the front or someone in the back. They were not going to jump out at someone in the middle. Um, or they're going to sneak up behind somebody in the back. And so there was somebody, we were walking through this like tunnel and there was things on the sides and some guy jumped out at people in front of us and then we walked through and he jumped out right at me and I immediately just went like that <laughs> and like punched him in the face <laughs> and I actually gave him a bloody nose <laughs> and was then escorted out of the haunted house. It's their fault though. I know. But see, think, <laughs> if you're, you you're dressing up happen. as like a demon or a ghoul or a zombie, if this were real... You have good reflexes. Like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah. oh, the zombie's coming after me. Let me just let him scare me. No, I'm going to, yeah. like, screw you, zombie. Pfft, right in the face. I did. I punched him in the face, and I gave him a bloody nose. Um, But otherwise, I mean, I, I did haunted hayrides all the time. I actually prefer haunted hayrides. I think it's a lot more fun. Because mm-hmm. they can just, like, come up and, like, scare you around the thing. They don't actually come into the hayride <laughs> and scare you. Um, See, I did though, and I, I probably shouldn't have, but I basically just run around with an actual machete because it was in an orchard, and we had to like cut down branches on the path through the trees and stuff like that. But I would hop on the back and really scare people. You had a real machete? Yeah. I, 
someone trusted you with that? <laughs> they shouldn't have, but they did. The first time when we were setting up the actual path, they had us ride on the hayride with these machetes. They're like any low branches, just ha- you know, hack them down. But then it was an apple orchard, so there were just like loose apples everywhere. So we used to just we basically reenacted that scene in Hook a lot. We would just like not as hard, but we would chuck apples at one another and basically take the machete and try to cut them in half in midair. Their food wasn't real. <laughs> How accomplished were you at actually performing this? Not great. I, I, I could hit it, but I would never actually slice through it. Uh, so your machete wasn't sharp enough. No, no. That, I mean, maybe that's why they trusted. I was only trusted like you with the machete. What's, have you seen those? Um, they're like little overnight camps, I guess you mm-hmm. call them, where or hard stakeouts. I don't know what they're oh, called. Oh, yeah. I would mm-hmm. never know. You essentially pay never. money. To go and sleep in a tent, and you have to sign a waiver that says, you allow, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre nuthead to pull you out of your tent and tie you up. And I'm like, who would agree to this? Because I would just stand there in the tent, like, you know, <laughs> sitting there like a karate kid, like crane kick. Like, you come in here, you're getting you're getting beat. Well, even before that, the notion of sleeping in a tent holds no appeal to me. <laughs> But yeah, it's like, yeah, it, it's like sadistic. I don't know. It's sort of like live action role playing, but for a horror movie. But I, there, there are too many. Yeah, there's too many risk factors I, there. It's like that would be like that. Unfortunately, that would be a great place for like a real killer to hide out. And like, oh, oh, oh this is just part of the act. Dead. Well, I hope there's like a background check on these people who they're hiring. <laughs> well, clearly they give Dan a machete for a haunted hayride. I hope they, you know, check these people. I mean, it sounds like a fun idea if you have nerves of steel mm-hmm. i don't know that i want to sign myself up to put myself through that type of torture yeah i just want to sleep through the night i don't want to be yanked by my ankles through well, the flapping that's the, the point is you're not going to be sleeping you're just like going to be awake terrified the entire night that something's going to happen but do you stay there for multiple nights in a row? So no, something I think doesn't necessarily happen the first night that you're there? Because I think that would be even more terrifying. No, I think is it's just, never knowing when it's going to happen. I think it's just one night. But, oh. I mean, why not just, you know, go into the regular woods and, and worry about a killer coming through rather than, you know, paying someone to fake abduct you and, and torture you? Which is ironic because the next thing I want to talk about are escape rooms. Oh, great. <laughs> I didn't know that was happening. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so uh, Mike and I were part of a team who did an escape room. And we actually did it kind of early on and like before it was a trend. Mike was the one who found it. It was the uh, the Purge. It was, like the, it was purge the second Purge, right? Anarchy? Room. Yeah. It was like a traveling escape room. And um, we went for our friend's bachelor party. And uh, we had a great time. And... <laughs> And it was the coolest thing you could do with, like, five or six guys. Well, it, we were off to a bad start because it started out you were basically in a, a very small cage and just out of reach was a key. So while some of us were trying to figure out how to reach the key the way you're supposed to, there was a magnet on a rope and you're supposed to, like, throw it to get it. Uh, was it you? Well, let's let's put it this way. There were, I think, six of us. And so it was, you know, you, Greg... Um, Justin, maybe someone else was there. DJ. And you guys. DJ was there. Well, no, I know. Yeah. But all of you guys did everything the way you're supposed to do it. And then DJ and I were like, 
we're just going to get ourselves out of here in any method we can. So we took DJ's hat and like we used that to get the key. Yeah. We we were resourceful in a way you're not supposed to be. Meanwhile, on the other side of the cage was a woman who was chained up and she was a real person. And once we got out of that first cage, everyone except Greg and I just bolted into the next room and Greg and I were like, we should probably rescue her. And we did because it was good because she ended up giving us clues and also made me feel like a better human being to not leave anyone. And she also wouldn't stop screaming. I know. But by the end, uh, we were in what was ultimately the last room and we knew how to get out. However, I'm going to throw it to you to finish this story because this is one of the best. Well, it yeah, it says get out of the room. This is your goal. Get out of the room. DJ and I find a door. And so, uh, like, the, the doorknob wouldn't open it, but we, we put our backs into it, and we opened it, and and we're like, great, we escaped. And all of a sudden, one of the guys who works there, like, slams on us. He's like, get back in there. We're like, what? You're supposed to escape. We got out. And they're like, no, that you're not supposed to. I'm like, what? Basically, they kicked open the fire door, <laughs> and we ran out of time. However, after the fact, when we were talking to the people running it, they said, you told us to find a way out. They found a way out. Yeah, and he goes, you got a false wind. I'm like, what does that mean? I escaped. Exactly. My life is still mine. Yeah. I we, didn't die. We didn't win according to your rules. You told us to escape. We did it. And you know what? Very proud of that false win. <laughs> In a horror movie, you survive how you can. And... and- and, and and the lesson that we learned is don't bother figuring out puzzles. Just find a really big guy who can kick down a door. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it up to me and DJ. We will punch our way out. Yeah. The wrong way out. I, You'll punch yourself any the way, wrong out, way out. If you live, it doesn't matter how you get out. But didn't they tell you that you guys came the you were the closest to actually completing it? I think so. We we. Before that, we were genuinely able to solve a lot of the puzzles. Um, they, they they told us beforehand, be prepared to do really gross things. And one of the things was uh, I had to reach into a toilet filled with fake poop. Yeah. Uh, no, it was dry. Don't worry. It wasn't wet. But there was a key in there, and I got it. And then uh, I think it was Justin had to climb into a, a, a morgue cabinet. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a clue hidden on the ceiling in there. Uh, it was... And then in that last room, you got Greg, like, going at it on the computer, and DJ and I are like, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> the classic story of brains versus brawn. Well, now they have one that's called The Basement, right? There's, there's so also, many right now. There's also one with zombies. There's everything. In L.A. There's, there's, like a, uh, there's a few, like, virus ones. There's a few, like underground nuclear bunker ones there's um there's some like even i think like anime based ones and stuff like that like they're they're huge i'd like to do another one at some point but um it's hard to coordinate we were when we were doing the uh episode talking about uh tabletop gaming we're like we're our group works out a lot better when we're all working towards the same goal, but I have a feeling that there might be a breakdown in communication and it might just resort to kicking down doors again. Yeah, just make sure <laughs> me and DJ are working together and we'll be fine. Well, experience with this in escape rooms with DJ is he usually just goes and finds some random clue or some random item and product and is like, hey guys, found this. But then there's no communication between anybody else in the room. Well, yeah, we did another one last year 
for our friend's birthday. And of, of course, it was me and DJ. And there was a part where, like, a drawer was slightly off. Mm -hmm. And there was a lock to it. <laughs> so, of course, we're like, well, I figure out the lock. Just break it off. <laughs> Like, why spend the time doing all the math and all the smart stuff when, like, if you're in a rush to get out, a murderer's coming to kill you, just break it off. Just a lot easier. <laughs> didn't quite work that time either. No, it didn't work Did out. you get the false win? Did no. you get a real win? No. no. The, mm. it, that one was a lot more involved where you had to open, like, 12 different locks just to get to each other lock. And there were a we lot were, of clues. We were... I don't know, probably two, three minutes shy. Uh, like, we were on our way to winning, but then time ran out and we were murdered. Or Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. The oh. guy came in and murdered us. Oh, well, yeah. you guys look like you got better. He had a gun. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, re I just remembered, I, while we were talking about this, I forgot that I used to do a haunted house every year um, that I was a participant in for it was a charity fundraiser at the high school with a theater program and we spent basically the whole afternoon turning the theater into um, a walkthrough haunted house for kids to come into and we got in so much trouble because we were too scary a few times the the the, the first time was um, one of the guys it was brilliant he bought a really inexpensive serving tray that was like flimsy and he cut a hole in it and he put it around his neck so it looked like his head was on a plate and then he just took a whole bunch of liquid latex and splashed it on his face and let it drip and dry and then he took a whole bunch of fake blood and did the same thing so it just looked like he had this melted bloody face on a platter and it was too scary and like you know we got in trouble and then the next year um our our, our, our tech kids were, like, surprisingly awesome. Like, I mean, they did a great job for the shows and stuff like that, but they put together um, a scaffolding area, and we had an area where it looked like that we were actually hanging, like, by our necks, and we that was the year we got really in trouble. They're like, this is too scary. There's, like, elementary... This is supposed to be for elementary kids to come, not for you guys to see. So you're supposed to be dressed as a ghost with, like, a white sheet over your head. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and here you are hanging yourself in the scaffolding. Yeah, and, and plus you know we were all poor little six year olds. We were all the theater kids, so it's like you know you really wanted to sell it, and like, you know you make it look like you're dead, and then you know when they walk by, you shoot your eyes open real quick. And all right, well I apologize to any of the kids I traumatized. <laughs> and <laughs> we the, raised a lot of money for charity, so they yeah. are now the people who work in those camps, terrorizing everyone else because you ruined their lives. If you were one of the kids whose life I ruined, please feel free to comment. <laughs> Um, so this, uh, this, the, the trio of us, uh, we have a shared love for a, a television show that falls under the purview of this category, and that is Hannibal. Yes. The three of us, uh, are among the best and worst Hannibal fans in the world <laughs> <laughs> because we did completely stick it out through the entire run of the show. However, here we are a year later and we have three episodes that we still haven't watched yet we've yeah. been busy we have been actually you know we're just gonna cut this podcast short let's go watch it and we'll come back and then talk about it <laughs> we should <laughs> no but I, I do want to talk about how just amazing of a show that was and just how gross i felt watching it and how hungry i got watching it <laughs> even though that made me feel even more gross but it was so well designed the food and you know, not when it was people and stuff like that, but well, it was probably oh. real food. 
just meant to make you think it's people. I know. They did such a good job. The, the art direction on that is, I don't know, probably the best in television. Yeah. And the war, the wardrobe. Yeah. He had the greatest suits. You and I could not pull off a single one of those no, suits. No, I would look ridiculous <laughs> in it, but they look uh, amazing. I'm like, this. I wish that was my wardrobe. I would look like a clown, me, personally, but... We, we watched it on such a whim, too, because I remember that we saw the previous four, and we're like, well, I mean, we like Mods Mickelson, or however you pronounce his name. I think I got it right. Yeah. Close enough. He's not listening. If he is, thank you for listening. Um, but we watched it, and we're like, that was kind of awesome. Yeah. And that first season, when we were just like cringing with every episode, oh, my God. It's such a so joy. It's so gross, but it's so great. <laughs> And it really does make you hungry. <laughs> Even though he's eating people the whole time, you just get hungry afterwards. Like every... All you want is a glass of red wine and some red meat. <laughs> so it's like every episode, I'm like, hey, do you guys want some red wine? <laughs> well, you, you used to shoot me looks when I would want any snack during. Like, You're what, like, what is wrong with you? I was hungry. Oh. I knew it was not real. I was distancing myself from the fiction. <laughs> it makes me question... What's wrong with you? And uh, hearing all these stories about how you used to torture children. And, <laughs> I didn't. And, and I now didn't. you want to eat during Hannibal. I didn't torture them. I was providing a good show. So sadistic underneath it all, Dan. <laughs> all of a sudden, the cops show up. Uh, Dan, we'd like to speak with you. <laughs> that just means someone's listening to this, and that makes it, well, not all worth it, but that's just reassuring. We, we, always, th- we always thought he had beef in the freezer. <laughs> You're never cooking for me ever again. <laughs> All right. Well, that just means you have to cook then. It's fine. Right. I don't mind. I cook with food, not people. Me too. People are food. Whoa. <laughs> people are friends, not, not food. food. <laughs> and with that, let's bring it to the big question. Yay. <laughs> oh, were we supposed to applaud? I don't know. Would you like to applaud? Yeah, I let's applause. do it. With that, let's bring it to the big question. <laughs> Thank you for your enthusiasm, Mike. You're welcome. All right. This week's big question is, money and practicality are no object. What is your ultimate costume? The Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Life size. You know what? I had an idea of what you would answer, and I wasn't that far off. What what was it? T-Rex. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know, they have all those those T-Rex costumes now that, you know, you can see people working out at the gym with these, which I oh, think yeah, the I think that's ones. hilarious. But life size Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and I'd have no idea how it would function, and I'd probably only be able to practicality is no object. Right, worry, yeah. I have no idea how it would function. So just go with my story. I, I am. I would only be able to trick or treat probably like in any downtown area or New York. Just don't where, step on a church. Yeah, it would be like people on like the tenth floor knock on the window, trick or treat. Like, sir, what are you doing? Trick or treating. I can't get down to the first floor and come into your building. Wait, why would you need to trick or treat? You'd be made of candy. Well, no, not well, you'd be made of a marshmallow, but what if I want some Smarties or a Butterfinger? I would, every time, if you offered me Marshmallow or Smarties, I would take Marshmallow. <laughs> but you know what? You do you. I'm That's t- all right. I'm, just, I'm throwing out <laughs> options. Just thinking of candy that people get. And Smarties, that was the first thing that came up. But I have a question. Yeah. At the end of the night, could we then blow you up 
and then marshmallow would go everywhere because that would be fun sure and then just hold up some graham crackers and you make some s'mores and it'd be great yeah the chocolate you got while trick-or-treating would be used for your explosion s'more right it would be the most delicious <laughs> costume I'm, I'm doing the world a favor here come on s'mores now <laughs> joel what's your ultimate costume uh i would have to say maleficent because in the movie it'd have to be when she had her wings though because her wings in the movie were phenomenal and i don't know if they were real or not but i would make them real well i think well, that movie was a documentary so they yeah, were I real think, <laughs> i think angelina jolie actually has wings uh. she's that good of an actress yeah it's like the part requires wings i'm gonna grow wings <laughs> very method method actor <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's what I would do. All right. Because it would be so much fun. She has a great, great wardrobe, and I want it. <laughs> Better or worse than Hannibal? But the wings would be real, and I could actually fly everywhere, and then I could take you down at the end of the night. And, and that's how s'mores are made. <laughs> <laughs> well, my answer also is in the same realm of that, and... Frankly, I'm surprised Jill didn't answer with this, but I want an Iron Man outfit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a working Iron Man outfit. Like, it doesn't have to... It, it has to fly. It, it doesn't have to have the weapons, but it has to be able to fly. It has to have the weapons, too. Okay. Well, oh, Jill well, has wait. spoken. <laughs> Do I get accessories? Well, yeah, yeah. you get your sailor's hat and your bib. That's well, it. <laughs> no, all right, I also want the Batmobile. You wouldn't fit. The Mar- I, Stay Puft wouldn't fit in the Batmobile. You didn't say practicality was... You You said it wasn't not an issue. But Stay that, Puft and Batman are two very different things. I don't care. <laughs> it is my you, dream costume. You would have to wear a Batmobile on each foot like roller skates. And how awesome would that be? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. It would be awesome. Let's face it. If you saw, you know, like, if you saw that coming down the street, you'd be like, I'm not even mad. That's awesome. <laughs> It would be. Roller skating Stay Puff on Batmobiles. That should be the name of like a band if you ever start one. Yeah. It's a little it's a little it's a little large for the marquee, but I like it. <laughs> it is pretty large for the marquee. <laughs> Stay Puff Batmobile. That's my band name. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you'd like to hear more music from Stay Puff Batmobile, check out iTunes where <laughs> Send me instruments. Yes. Um all right. Well with that, um we're gonna wrap this episode up. I wanna thank Mike and Jill for joining me. Um, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, comment, whatever. I don't know. Um, but join us for the big finale, episode 12 of 12, and it's the Star Wars episode. <laughs> Yeah, that's Star Wars. Okay, bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to My Nerdy Year. Our theme song, Crunk Night, is written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons. For full credits and for more information about the show, please visit MyNerdyYear.wordpress.com.